Ladies and gentlemen, dear listeners, welcome to the third episode of the IES podcast series, Security Matters. My name is Sofia Maria Satanakis, and I will be your guide for this episode. After the Space Race 2.0 and the Austrian-China relations during COVID-19, today we will talk about the global system outlook for 2020. And we will do that with the head of our institute, Velina Chakarova. Her work includes research, consulting and lectures on the global system transformation and geostrategy of global actors, particularly the EU's role in Eastern Europe. Currently, the world is witnessing a profound transformation in the geopolitical arena of international relations, accelerated by the COVID-19, obviously, and noticeable in all significant socioeconomic systems. I would like to first discuss the topic of the current bifurcation of the global affairs and your take on the most relevant global trends. I would like to draw your attention to two current systemic processes of greatest relevance the systemic rivalry between the United States and China, and the bilateralization of global affairs. Great powers rise and fall, shaping each transitional period of global power shift and its geographic concentration. With the possible emergence of two systemic centers of power, namely the United States and China, the global order may transform from a unipolar to a bipolar world. Following the collapse of the Soviet Union, the United States unilaterally shaped the global order and wielded enough power to control, structure and secure supply chains and sea lines of communication. However, given China's rapid economic and trade growth, there are projections about its rise on the global stage as a second systemic pole. China has also launched a comprehensive geostrategy through its Belt and Road Initiative, the so-called Silk Roads, which aims to connect all continents and may unleash a significant change in the structural flux of international relations. It must be emphasized, however, that both countries were already involved in a competition encompassing various domains from trade and economy to finance and agriculture to the technology sector prior to the COVID-19 virus outbreak. The prominent speech of Vice President Mike Pence and this year's speech by President Donald Trump on China, as well as the US administration's new approach to Beijing are considered in this context, despite the achievement of a preliminary bilateral phase one trade agreement, a full-scale deterioration of their relationship seems more realistic in a post-COVID-19 context. What about uh, the second systemic process you mentioned, namely the bilateralization of global affairs? The global system also reveals an emerging network of regional actors with limited power projection capabilities, which seek to navigate the systemic rivalry between Washington and Beijing. In the famous words of Lord Palmerston, there are neither eternal allies nor perpetual enemies, only eternal and perpetual interests. This seems to be the leading geopolitical maxim of the upcoming decade, facing multiple ad hoc actors constellations and reconfigurations determined by the goal of maximizing their own gains. 
This is what we call the bilateralization of global affairs or each country for itself maxim. Among the main protagonists are countries such as Russia, India, Japan, Canada, but also the key European states such as Great Britain, France, Germany and Italy and furthermore countries such as Australia and uh, there are surely other relevant regional powers. Following COVID-19, they have one thing in common, to play a balancing act between the United States and China without getting caught by the difficult choice of taking sides. Against this background, the conflictual relationship between China and India will further complicate the existing security triangles in the Indo-Pacific region. A rapprochement between China and Pakistan and in a broader context between China and Russia, the so-called Dragon Bear, are key examples of the fluid regional formations due to ongoing systemic changes. Logically, the United States regards India as a reliable partner to create a counterweight to China's overwhelming presence in South and Southeast Asia. Current developments, such as the emergence of Quad, this is a format between United States, India, Japan and Australia, or the CPTPP free trade deal between 11 countries around the Pacific Rim and other Anglosphere constellations are increasingly seen as US-led counterbalancing efforts against China's own geoeconomic projects, such as BRI, China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, and Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership in Asia. Furthermore, new defense cooperation formats were also agreed on, such as the deal between Australia and India, covering cooperation between their militaries and facilitating technology exchange. Obviously, the political elites in New Delhi are increasingly in favor of closer relationship with Washington, but also continue to rely on friendly relations with Moscow amid the intensifying tensions with Beijing. Well, this is already a lot of information, but nevertheless, um, let's dive even deeper into this topic. For the past decade, experts in academia and think tanks have been propagating the emergence of an Asian multipolar century, with a shift from the Atlantic to the Pacific realm. In the post-COVID-19 global context, the virus has become a catalyst of multiple systemic challenges and changes, inducing ad hoc constellations of regional actors, shaped by their geopolitical and geoeconomic interests, in a changing global order with eroding multilateral structures. So, what will be the concrete impact on the Indo-Pacific region? Following the COVID-19 virus outbreak, this year marks the obvious manifestation of an Indo-Pacific decade, with the United States, China and potentially India being the main protagonists in an emerging competition. In this regard, the United States is increasingly turning to the Indo-Pacific region and would likely invest more in partnerships and alliance formations linked to this uh, area. Gurpreet Kurana describes this geopolitical space as stretching from the Indian and Western Pacific Ocean to the littorals of West Africa and East Asia. It must be mentioned that President Obama 
proclaimed the United States pivot to East Asia in 2012 to advance the shift to Asia and the Pacific. However, it comes without surprise that the US Department of Defense has just recently laid out the Indo-Pacific region as a main priority theater, and the US Pentagon chief announced the readiness to relocate forces precisely to this area. It is expected that a major geopolitical shift in the region will take place, caused by Washington's efforts to establish a comprehensive strategic relationship with New Delhi due to China's rise in the Indo-Pacific region and beyond. Furthermore, China will continue extending its terrestrial connectivity to Europe through Central Asia in order to bypass the US maritime dominance in the Indo-Pacific space. To conclude, it seems that there are two likely mid-term systemic scenarios linked to this, to this region. Either the United States and India against a dragon bear alliance between China and Russia, or the United States in a rapprochement with India and eventually Russia against China. In the case of further conflict escalation, the United States would use each opportunity to support New Delhi against Beijing, while Russia would rather seek to remain officially neutral in the tensions between China and India, but will support both sides in a different manner. So we can clearly see that the situation is not going to get less complicated in the future, I would say. But there is one more thing I would uh, like to briefly touch upon. Repositioning the global supply chains away from China is already becoming a reality following the COVID-19 virus outbreak. And the Indo-Pacific region is about to become a forefront of this geoeconomic reconfiguration due to the withdrawal of American and international capital from Beijing. So what are your scenarios regarding global supply chains? Major geoeconomic opportunities and challenges will appear following the diversification of the global supply chains. A global disruption of supply chains coupled with the imperiled rules-based global order caused by eroding international and regional structures, as well as newly emerging organizations and institutions will certainly not bypass the Indo-Pacific region. On the contrary, the reconfiguration will be initiated by the United States to bring manufacturing and supply chains back home or to branch out to American allies and partners from mostly the Anglosphere um, influence, such as uh, United Kingdom, Australia, Japan, and increasingly India, moving production from traditional hubs to new ones will take time and will require trust building, but will also create new geoeconomic advantages, particularly for New Delhi. Regional centers of trade power, such as Japan and the European Union, already began considering a shift of manufacturing operations out of China. Sectors such as space technologies, artificial intelligence, 
defense and cyber tools can expect strategic investments to promote the growth of new regional power centers. This is important uh, since any significant breakthrough in these areas will bestow global competitiveness and geoeconomic advantages. Further, the unparalleled interconnectedness of all socio-economic systems has obfuscated the distinction between economic and trade indicators on the one hand and defense and security considerations on the other. This explains why the competition between the United States and China does not solely represent a trade war, but a broader rivalry extending to the global networks of finance, trade, economy, diplomacy, energy, defense, and so forth. So, once again, the Indo-Pacific region will become a major battlefield for any progress regarding the fourth industrial revolution in the upcoming decade. To conclude, there are two possible global system scenarios from my point of view. Either a sort of violent systemic decoupling between the United States and China, encompassing all these socio-economic systems I named, or a more optimistic scenario of a systemic coexistence between US-led and China-led blocs. Over the long term, this scenario outlines two parallel supply chains networks, one set by the United States, the other with access to China, next to separated digital and cyber systems facilitated by these two blocks. So let's keep our fingers crossed that it will not come to the scenario of the violent systemic decoupling you outlined for us. Nevertheless, it is important to be prepared for every possible outcome. So thank you very much, Velina, for your excellent analysis, and I'm sure we will dedicate another episode to this topic in the coming months. And with this, we reach the end of our new podcast episode. Thank you very much for listening to us, and goodbye. Thank you.